God bless you and welcome to Yesterday Ended, Healing the Traumas of Life. I'm your host, Dennis Dobbin. Thank you so much for joining me today. There's a very common phrase used to describe a way to attack a foe. The phrase is a one-two punch. You hit your foe once and very quickly hit them a second time. Unfortunately, in our world today, we have many opponents that would like to do the same to us. They're trying to knock us out. Rejection and loneliness attack together to overwhelm us. Frustration and anger team up to derail us. Anxiety and fear appear as a wall and try to stop us. What do you do to protect yourself against these things? What is your spiritual strategy of defense when the world turns aggressive against you? Great boxers train almost every day. They train their bodies and their minds to overcome the challenges they will face in a fight. What kind of mental and spiritual training do you do on a regular basis to give you the ability to stand against the wiles of the devil? Without a regular spiritual training program, we can be left open to defeat. In today's episode, I want to give you a one-two punch to help you be victorious in your fight. Give a listen. All athletes need to stay in top physical and mental shape. You can be in great physical shape, but not have the mental strength or willpower to endure a long challenge. You may have developed your mindset, or as some people say, your heart, to withstand a challenge, but not have the physical endurance you also need. The Apostle Paul talked about the requirements of being a winning athlete in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, starting in verse 24. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize? So run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly. So fight I, not as one that beateth the air. But I keep under my body, and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. There are three common analogies used in the New Testament that are used to depict a follower of Jesus. One is to be an athlete, another is to be a soldier, and the last is to be a farmer. Each one of these analogies depict different types of requirements to be a follower of Jesus. Here in 1 Corinthians, the analogy of being an athlete is used. It starts out with the analogy of running a race. At the end of the race, only one person can be the first place winner. So Paul encourages the believers to, So run that ye may obtain. Then it goes on to describe the requirements of what it is to so run that they can win and obtain the prize. The phrase, to strive for the mastery, literally means to struggle or compete for a prize. Anyone that will be successful in the race needs to be temperate or exercising self-restraint in how they prepare for the race before them. He continues by saying that he does not run with uncertainty. He has a purpose in mind, winning the race. He's not simply out for a morning jog. He is serious and has a set purpose. He is intentional in his training. 
He then continues by saying, he fights not as one who beats the air. He's not shadow boxing. He is in the fight to land a punch on his opponent. His next phrase shows his level of discipline. In the King James, it says, I keep under my body. Literally in the Greek, it means to beat oneself black and blue. He does this to bring his body into subjection. The Greek word for subjection refers to that of being a bondservant or a slave. He is the master and his body will obey. And all of this is for the purpose of winning. He does not want to be disqualified. So how is your training going? Is it casual or intense? Our opponent does not sleep. And though we may rest in the Lord, we must be vigilant and diligent to be prepared for challenges that come our way. So what is the one-two punch that we need to be victorious over our opponent? What must we do with our heart and what must we do with our body? We must surrender our heart in worship and we must praise the Lord with all our body or soul. We must surrender and sing. It seems absurd that by surrendering I will win, and that singing praise punches my foe on the chin. But these two actions will bring to me a very wide grin. Worship and praise are my weapons to overcome. On my knees in surrender I bow down low. In this connection, peace and power will grow. From this humble position, a mighty punch I throw. Worship is my weapon to overcome. From my heart and lungs, the sound of praise is heard, heard in the ears of God, so his heart is stirred, moving him to be ever faithful to his word. Praise is my weapon to overcome. Worship and praise are two great weapons, two punches that will knock our opponent down before he can even attack. The literal meaning of the word worship is to bow down. A couple of years ago, as I was worshiping the Lord one morning, the Lord called me to get on my knees. As I knelt on the living room floor, he then called me to put my face on the floor. As I knelt there, I began to feel vulnerable was on my knees with my face on the floor and my arms also resting on the floor. If anyone were to enter the room, I would be completely at their mercy. I would have no way to defend myself. At that moment, I came to realize that true worship, the bowing before someone, was to surrender yourself to them. Worship is an abandoning of self. Worship is laying your whole body, soul, and spirit before the Lord in complete sacrifice. As we lead a life of intentional worship, God builds a barrier about us that keeps us safe. Worshiping God every day throughout the day makes an atmosphere of peace and joy. Our enemy does not like to walk into that atmosphere. But if we get busy and distracted and get attacked... We can quickly shift the atmosphere by turning to God again in worship. In the temptation of Jesus, he was tempted by the devil to worship him. The devil was trying to entice Jesus with the kingdoms of the world. Surrender to me, Jesus, and I'll give you everything. 
But Jesus knew better. Jesus responded that we were to worship the Lord God only as we choose to bow down and worship the Father in spirit and in truth, we show our true allegiance. In the act of truthfully and intentionally worshiping the Father, our heart is surrendered to him and is free from worry and fear. As we set our heart upon God, we separate ourselves from the world. We recognize that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In that moment of surrender, The world fades away, and our opponent is slammed. As doubts endeavor to arise and fears endeavor to dismay us, we must open our mouths with the second punch and praise. Psalm 59, verses 16 and 17. But I will sing of thy power, yea, I will sing aloud of thy mercy in the morning, for thou hast been my defense and refuge in the day of my trouble. Unto thee, O my strength, will I sing, for God is my defense and the God of my mercy. This is a psalm of David. He's in one of his many challenges of life and death, but his response was to sing of the power of God. He didn't exult in his military might or the amount of soldiers he had with him. He sang of the power of God. And he said, I will sing aloud of thy mercy in the morning. So when we get up in the morning, do we complain, Oh, Lord, have mercy. Or do we proclaim, Lord, your mercy is wonderful. It is new every morning. As David did, we need to sing it aloud. Your loud praise will change the atmosphere and bring peace and safety. Next, David makes a great declaration that we need to hold on to. For thou hast been my defense and refuge in the day of my trouble. We must declare our belief in God's protection every day. In our prayers, we must give glory to God. As this psalm continues in verse 17, David declares, Unto thee, O my strength, will I sing, for God is my defense and the God of my mercy. David had a very tight relationship with God. And he wasn't born again of God's Spirit. God's Spirit only rested upon David. How much more can we be assured that God is our strength? God's Spirit is within us. We are the habitation of God. He's always been there to be that strength and defense. As we sing the praises of our God in the proper key or not, With a clear voice or with one that sounds like gravel, we shake our enemy and push them down. We find another requirement of praise in Psalm 9, verses 1 and 2. I will praise thee, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will show forth all thy marvelous works. I will be glad and rejoice in thee. I will sing praise to thy name, O thou most high with my whole heart. This is the challenge placed before us. This is the difference between intentional praise and half-hearted praise. Do we praise the Lord with our whole heart? How deep will we go in our praise? Will we show forth all his marvelous works? Will we be glad and rejoice in him and sing praise to his name? We must stay vigilant to maintain a close, intimate relationship with our Heavenly Father. 
And remember, our relationship is based on the work of Jesus, not our performance. And as I just said, the Lord lives within us. We are his habitation. He's no longer in a tent or a building. He lives within you. And he is our strength, so we should be glad and rejoice. Reading the Psalms, we see the relationship David had with God. At least 73 Psalms are attributed to David, and possibly 50 more that are left untitled. David was a man after God's own heart, and he loved to praise his God. Look at Psalm 57, verses 8 and 9. Awake up, my glory. Awake, psaltery and harp. I myself will awake early. I will praise thee, O Lord, among the people. I will sing unto thee among the nations. How early do you start praising the Lord? What are your first thoughts in the morning? And look at Psalm 138, verse 2. I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. We must build an attitude of intentional worship, of deep surrender to our Heavenly Father. We must open wide our heart and our mouth to praise him for his goodness and blessings upon us. It seems absurd that by surrendering I will win, and that by singing praise punches my foe on the chin. But these two actions will bring to me a very wide grin. Worship and praise are my weapons to overcome. Heavenly Father, open our hearts to these two great weapons that you've given us to build a sanctuary of safety for ourselves and others. Draw us close that we might bow down before you humbly and worship you in spirit and in truth. Open our eyes to your great promises of provision and your fulfillment of these in our lives. Show us your goodness, that we may be caused to praise you loudly. Lord, I pray for all who have heard this and that their hearts are shaken and that they are turned to worship you and praise you and change the atmosphere of their lives and the lives of those about them. Embrace us, Lord. Show your arm mighty about us. I pray this in Jesus' name.